Hey, you busy? Mm-mm. Okay, let me run something past you real quick. I had the weirdest, most amazing analogy downloaded into my spirit, and I said, I got to pick up the phone and call you. I just, I have to. I'm so pumped by this. Have the analogy of a picnic, right? Envision it with me. You went through all the hard work to, first of all, the excitement to just have the idea to plan the picnic, right? And you amped. You're like, okay, I know what blanket we need. You know, either you're going to bring some off spray, something to kind of, you know, make sure the animals is not taking full advantage of your blood buffet, if we, if you will, right? Then you know you went and made the list of what you're going to be bringing and, you know, who may be there with you. And it's the excitement of it all. It's just like, yay, right? Even down to the location of where it's going to be, the date, all of that. It's just there is an excitement in having an idea and then bringing it to pass. But we never really factor in the minor things all the time, right? I mean, we have an idea of what the weather is going to be. You know, we're not trying to plan nothing in a thunderstorm. That's not wisdom. But you can't account for, is there going to be an abundance of ants that day? Are the gnats just going to run wild and have a, a, a gnat fest in your area? You know, are there just going to be an abundance of birds just super duper hungry on that day in your area as well? And what came to, into me was just like, wait a minute, time out. That's a lot like life. You're trying to bring together this idea in your mind or either this thing that was downloaded into your heart and into your spirit and you're like I am I have all you know the details aligned of what I'm supposed to do you know it takes this amount of money um I've been networking I've been doing all the right things you know I checked I checked the the weather per se I've checked that area right to make sure that I'm doing the things that's called for this idea to come to pass and I'm getting irritated I'm getting frustrated. I feel like I'm not making any progress, any headway. And I just felt like I needed to call you to tell you, are you paying attention to the gnats? Are you paying attention to the mosquitoes, to the ants, and you've forgotten that same passion that made you excited about the picnic in the first place? There are going to be other outside factors, but what it really is, is a competition on what's going to have your attention the most, and is your energy going to be depleted by the things you didn't plan, or are you going to be fueled by the initiating factor that made you want to step out in the first place? At one point, you were excited about dating such and such. Oh my goodness! And then when you got the revelation of, oh, that's supposed to be my spouse? OM Jizzle. Didn't it just become a, I'm so excited. And then you got into the details of, you know, what kind of wedding you wanted. Maybe you wanted a big wedding. No, I want something real cute and, you know, intimate. And you're going through all those details. And then, you know, then you started thinking about, wow, what it would be to live together. And, you know, you're thinking about the way that you guys interact. And then, yay. And now you end the marriage. And now it's real life. And now you irritated by the gnats and the nuances of the other person. What happened? I'm sorry. What happened? You left your fuel somewhere when you walked down the aisle real quick? Did you leave your fuel in the I, I do's and the vows and all that? Do you need to go back and go get it? 
You were real excited about that business idea when you were working that nine to five, right? It was like, man, I, I know it can be done. I mean, it has to be done. Why would you have that level of passion? Why would God allow you to get that amped about something that was a failed idea, right? You may have even gone the extra mile to saying, you know what? I'm going to do my research because I know it can get done, right? And then you excited. You just, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then it didn't kind of go the way you thought within the first three months, first six months, heck, even a year. To the point that there is a known business idea that businesses fail the first five years. So my thing is, look, whatever it is, especially in the business realm, if they're going to have this, you know, underlining law, if you will, that, yeah, businesses fail within the first five years, you shouldn't be subscribing to that. It should be, okay, so what do I need to do to make sure that that's not me? Maybe it's not off back, go ahead and buy the building, make it a, you know, whatever the name is, comma, Inc. You know, maybe you need to start off as an LLC home-based. Maybe you need to go ahead and, you know, not have a thousand employees. Maybe you need to start off with some contractors. You know, a 1099 situation, right? There are ways to go around whatever that rule is. You know, the rule for marriage, the underlining rules. You know, if you can make it through the, you know, the first year is hard. And if you can make it past year seven, then, you know, you, you know, they say, they say, they say a lot of things. But what are you doing to make sure that that's not you? Listen, I don't know about you, but I'm not about to be about a part of anyone's quota. No, 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 no. I'm not going to feed into the, oh, that's what happens. I'm not falling nicely and neatly into anyone's statistic. Absolutely not. I was not born to go ahead and have life experiences to then fall within these parameters of what they said. They are not my God. They are not my battery pack. Absolutely not. That's why it is important that you enrich yourself and that you make yourself knowledgeable on whatever it is that you're getting ready to pursue so that you can not only align yourself on what it is that you need, but you need to go ahead and make sure you have some stuff in your arsenal for what they said is going to happen. Listen, my first year is not going to be hard about marriage. So what that means is, A, we need to gear up because we may just be fighting a little bit differently in this first year. We need to make sure that we're not fighting each other, right? No, no, no. I'm going to celebrate every single year so that when we get past seven years, it's nothing. We already have this thing in motion. And not that you have a perfected marriage, but you have a perfected way on how to fight other things so that it's not each other. Because sometimes the person closest to you, you kind of lash out on your frustrations towards them, right? It's easy to do that because you're within arm's length. So this punch real quick, this quick jab that I'm feeling inside, I'm sorry, it goes to you first and I apologize. Find whatever it is that is making people break down. Okay, so it's money issues. That's the top, you know, four to five things of why marriages don't work. You need to be making a list, checking it twice, if you will, and having something to combat that. First year, eighth year, ninth year, we're not living above our means. We're just not. I refuse to lose the person that I feel in my heart that God has confirmed to me in one way or another. This is your spouse. I am not losing to that because of money. That, that is stupidity. 
That just means, A, we need to be smarter on how we handle our resources because this won't be our demise. They said the way that you parent, you know, certain parenting skills may be an issue. So then that needs to be understood from the onset. Oh, you don't believe in spankings and I believe in rat-a-tat-tatting on that hiney? Okay, so we need to come to an understanding. Maybe, you know, if that's how you look at the parenting skills, then the stuff that needs a rat-a-tat, bring them to me. And the stuff that you feel like you want to talk them through and you want to time out and you feel like that's effective, then you go ahead and do that. But please don't expect me to walk in this room and be like, hey, hey, you need a time out because you already know that's not my parenting style. So don't put me in a place that now I'm frustrated because that's not my parenting style. And then you have some regret toward me because you felt like it could have been handled differently. Let's go ahead and agree before we go ahead and approach any situation with these kids, whether they're here now or our future kids, and just say, hey, listen, before anything occurs, we need to go ahead and do a real quick huddle and say, okay, this is the situation. She was disrespectful in school. How do you think we should handle that? All right, it was a, this is the first time offense? Cool, so no rat-a-tat-tatting. Okay, but you already know how I'm approaching the situation, so maybe you need to go in there and say, hey, listen, you know, and do your effective talking through, because that's not me. And then when y'all done, you know, just know that she'll know that I'm in the loop, because, and I'm going to go ahead and let you know, you already know how I handle a situation. You may want to go ahead and listen to the effective timeout, okay? And then we just move on from there. But whatever your area is, and I'm using marriage as an example, but if it's business, if it's family issues, if it, whatever it is, you need to find out what they say. You know, maybe it's a quick Google, maybe it's a quick, you're starting to see a pattern. Like, listen, every time I go home and mom asks me the question about, so how much you make and how much you doing, it irritates me. We get into it and it's, I, I don't want to keep getting into it about what I'm doing with my life. A, it makes me feel a certain kind of way. I feel inferior because when I hear that question, it sounds a lot like you don't know what you're doing, so tell me tell me what you're doing. And the truth is, I don't know. And I would rather not continue to be reminded every time I come to your home because what's going to happen is the strain in our relationship is going to continue, then it's going to trickle down to you and your grandkids, and i just rather not. The answer may not just be, I'm not going over her house no more. It just may be a strong talking to. Hey, listen, as soon as I'm updated on what my course of action is, I will let you know. But while I'm trying to navigate through this maze, it does not help me when I feel like you are the voice above asking me, what am I doing? And that's probably not your intent, but I feel inferior when you do that. That is how... You plan against the ants and the gnats of the picnic. That is how you plan against the mosquitoes that is irritating what was supposed to be romance, right? What was supposed to be bliss of some sort. And that's just a key element that we're missing. Plan against what could possibly be the ruins of a good situation. Whatever it may be. I know you're frustrated. And in your head, you're trying everything. And I put, you know, air quotes around the trying. Sometimes it's a matter of you just not trying at all. And you just kind of seeing, okay, let me be a student of my situation. When am I the most irritated in this circumstance? 
why why am I irritated? Because I'm gonna tell you sometimes it's not just the what the situation is. There's a surfaced underlining situation to that. I was watching this um this post the other day and the guy was saying that he was getting into it with his wife. And when he got into it with her, she was on the phone and she turned her back toward him. Actually, it was Willie Moore Jr. And I was watching a post that he put on IG. And he said, in that circumstance, when she turned her back on him, like literally she was in the car passenger seat and she turned because she was trying to have that conversation. And I guess she just didn't want to look in his face. I don't know. And he said that he went absolutely off. Don't disrespect me. I'm not going to be disrespected by no one. You know, you're not going to turn your back on me. And so he went through the whole, you're not going to disrespect me. He then said, he later on went for a walk, kind of cooled down and had to figure out what was it about that back being turned that did something to him. And what he discovered was because he was adopted, he's always had this underlining concern that his bio mom turned her back on him. So when his wife in the physical turned her back toward him, it was a trigger for, wait a minute, and he didn't even know. It was a unsub, it was a subconscious trigger, right? And so I was like, oh, okay. And that made me kind of dig into, you know, some of my stuff. I'll give you an example, you know, from the home base for me. I translate anyone who is cool, calm, and collected about a situation as I don't care. And that is because my origin the home that I was raised in, you know, my family that I've been around, we spoke the language of aggression for everything. So if we were excited about something, there was an aggression there, there was a go hard, you know, I'm from New York, so we already had that aggressive nature. And so, oh, it's your birthday? Okay, we're gonna go hard, we're gonna do this, we're gonna do that, you know, just over the top, like, okay, this is aggressive and this, you can feel the energy. You, you see what I'm saying? Just the same when we were angry. You absolutely knew when we were angry. There was an aggression behind it. It was a talking loud. It was a stomping of the feet. It was a clapping of the hands. It's the facial expressions. Oh, you know when we're angry. You absolutely know it. And so when I moved to the South, and my husband is a Georgia native, the way he approached stuff, which is cool, calm, and collected, and it just screams, he does not care and I just I couldn't take it I just I couldn't and I had to get to a place where I had to say to him do you care I, I because I, it's not reading as you I'm not what you, your actions your reproach your it's just not translating and he had to rewrite that for me he had to tell me listen I don't have the over the top rah, rah, rah. that's not me I'm not raising my voice to show you that I care I'm not raising my voice to show you I just I'm not a raised voice person it's just not me and so I had to package his way of caring differently for me so that I didn't continue to see he does not care. I had to put 3D glasses on when it pertained to him, if you will. So whatever was there, I needed to, if I need that magnified situation to translate to me as, oh, he cares, then I need to see that differently. So we came up with a step process. I was like, hey, first order of business, I need you to let me know you care. 
<laughs> like, and I know it sounds, you know, a little remedial, but I need you to let me know, hey, I care. Secondly, after you say that, whatever you're doing, I don't want you multitasking. So if I'm getting ready to say something to you that's of importance and I start off by saying, hey, this is important, I need you to put the cell phone down. I need you to pause the TV show. I need you to, whatever you're doing, I need your body language to look a lot like I'm paying attention to you because I care. Okay, can we just get those preliminaries out the way? And then boom, I'm going to keep it real short because you said that, you know, a man's attention span, he wants you to get to the meat and potatoes. So I'm going to go ahead and leave out the little intricate details and I'm going to get to the meat and potatoes um, as fast as I possibly can because I'm a woman and I'm a talkative woman. So I'm going to try to go ahead and meet your standard as you're meeting mine. That is the way that we combat it in my own personal life how we handle certain situations so that we're not continuing to trip over the same pebble each and every time. No, no, no. We're not doing that. That's not success. That redundant argument, that redundant trip is now just dumb to me. Yeah, let's take the done out and make it dumb because that doesn't make any sense. And so initially I was looking at the fact of, you know what? Everyone that I know at this juncture of their life, they're trying to do something great. They're trying to take what's ordinary. You know, the prior generation, it was you worked a trillion years at a location and an organization. You went ahead and you built up, you know, your retirement if, you know, you were lucky to have a company that matched or that even offered that. And then once you finish working all your bones down to the gristle, Then at that moment, you enjoy life, you retire, you collect said pets that you like, the cats, the dogs, you enjoy your grandbabies at that point, you finally get to see that island that you just been, ooh, wait till I get to retirement, and then voila, you made it, right? But our generation is doing something way different. We're a little bit more creative than the prior generation, right? We have a little bit more tenacity when it comes to wanting our own, right? There's just something about that American dream that was created the generation before that's just not tickling us. We're not laughing. That doesn't give us the... (laughs) Yeah, it's not there no more. So we're creating something that a prior generation didn't, didn't establish, and now we find ourselves getting irritated because it's not flowing the way that we want it to, but we're not giving ourselves the the time to even realize we're doing something extremely different entrepreneur is no longer you know it doesn't look a certain way it's not the older caucasian gentleman who made himself you know worked himself to ceo and that's entrepreneurship entrepreneur is no longer oh okay you came from that rich family and now you know it just makes sense to branch off and do you know your own thing and make your own company within that already established name it, it no longer looks like that it looks a lot like regular ou with a great idea that you want to go ahead and make a living off of this it looks a lot like hey I'm skilled in this certain area I either bake I do hair well I can interior design I can do something that is natural to me it's not taught I didn't go to school for this they didn't put me down and you know say hey this is how you do this I do this so naturally and it brings me such a joy that I would love to do this as a full-time this is my living I want to live this way for the rest of my life And sometimes that can be scary because you're like, 
I don't have an example of what this looks like. My family bloodline is just not booming with entrepreneurs, right? And so you have to fight so many different things to create this particular picnic. You got the ants of, I've never seen this done before. You know, this is not walked, this hasn't been walked out for me. You got the nets of, I don't have the resources. I'm, how do you start to network? I, I mean, I don't, I don't know. You know, you're trying to plan according to the weather. Is it a good time to leave this full-time job? Should I take a part-time job? It's all these little intricate details that it's just like, I'm frustrated. And so you're somewhere in between, I'm not comfortable with a nine to five, and I don't know how to get my, my dream off and running. And that can be such a frustrating place to be because you're right there in the middle with the cream filling, right? And it's just like, God, what is it that I'm supposed to, what is it? Can you download, just like you downloaded this idea into me, can you download some instructions? And you know what he told me? I already did. Listen to that again. God is literally saying, I already told you what to do. Think about Noah. God gave him all his instructions in the front end. Boom. This is what you're going to do. Go for wood, this many cubit lengths, blah, blah, blah. You know, not cubit lengths because that's a chain, but whatever. But this many cubits, this many units, this many blah, 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 three deckers, put the window there. He gave him everything he needed off back. This is what you get. Boom. And God never said anything else after that. He never said anything else after that. Get that. Some of you are like, God, I don't hear from you no more. Because he already told you what to do. Did you write it down? No, seriously, the last thing he told you to do, did you write it down? So then you're not serious about it. Just be honest with yourself. I want to be pacified all throughout the situation. I want to keep crying until God answers me again. But he's looking at you like, listen, the bottle is right there. Roll over, get the bottle. I'm not coming over no more you, and, and hand feeding you. You know how to hold your bottle now. You know the instructions. I gave it to you already. Whereas with Moses, he was giving him instructions along the way. I want you to go ahead and go to Pharaoh and do A, B, and C. I want you to go ahead and I want you to hit the rock and I want you to go ahead and A, B, and C. I want you to go ahead and speak to the rock and I want you to go. And, and it was just after each step was completed, get that. After each step was completed, he gave him what the new mission was. Boom. Right? Then you have your Joseph. Well, he didn't tell him anything. It was just Joseph, that download in the beginning for Joseph when, when he knew I'm going to do something great and my brothers are going to serve me, that thing was downloaded so powerfully that it propelled him all the way to the palace. Get that. Joseph, I don't remember one time that God was like, hey, Joseph, okay, so next step, when you go ahead and you get to this jail, um, I want you to go ahead. And, no, no, God didn't give him nothing. 
It was just that thing was downloaded so powerfully. It was so strong that it was like, oh, I know this to be my truth. Nobody can't talk me out of it. I don't care what the environment looks like. I know what God told me. I know what I felt a couple of seasons ago. I know that I know that I know. And I don't care who remembers me. I don't care who knows what. I don't care about where I'm at. The environment is not going to dictate to me what I know that God told me. That's how powerful that thing was in Joseph. And so you need to go back to you. What is it that he told you? And how have you aligned yourself to that thing? Start looking at previous people that made it. Everyone's not going to have the Tyler Perry experience where you were homeless and you were down to nothing. And you're not going to have your, you know, the, the great motivational speaker, Eric Thomas situation where you're homeless and you're eating out of garbage cans. And you, you know, I feel, and I believe in my heart that God gives you the experience that you need to keep you hungry for the next stage. He gives you the experience that you need so that when you're talking to people and it's, well, she don't know what she's talking about. He don't even know. No, no, no. You know because you literally started from the bottom. Now you here, right? Bishop Drake, if you will. There is something so powerful with starting from a place and building yourself up so that nobody can't take it from you. And I believe in my heart that that is why Jesus came and was born. He went through the whole embryo, zygote. He went through that whole situation. He was birthed. I mean, literally, he went through the whole human experience so that no one couldn't say, ah, but you don't understand my story. He doesn't? Are you serious? It literally said that he descended from heaven to have this human experience so that he can experience everything you ever went through, that he can experience every temptation known to man so that you would have a savior that you can connect to. Get that in your spirit. Really hone in on that. God, you literally... Left, let Jesus leave his place of comfort so that I can connect to him so that the next time I say, yeah, but you don't understand. I grew up with such and such and she betrayed me. Didn't Judas do that to Jesus? You don't understand because, you know, I did, I do everything for everyone. And then when it's time for somebody to help me, I feel like nobody's there. Um, excuse me. Didn't Peter deny him three times? Jesus only needed him that one time. And the one time he needed him, you denied him, Peter? You can't tell Jesus nothing. You can't, you can't cry to God and say anything that his son didn't experience down to the death of being a human. Down to being tortured, betrayed, lied to, talked about. Na name it, Jesus went through it for you so that you couldn't say you are the only person that has gone through that. Get that in your spirit, please. That was for someone, and I felt like you went ahead and you received that. While you're planning this picnic, just know, just because you have a great idea, just because God put an anointing on you to do that particular thing, just know there's still going to be some outside sources. You're going to have to fight through it. You're going to have to protect it. 
You're going to have to bring some lids so they don't get into your food. You're going to have to bring some off so they don't bite your skin. You're gonna, it's just some things you're going to have to prepare for. That, yeah, you know what? Do you want to really be boggled down in the minute stuff? You absolutely do because you know what? One ant, huh? two ants, hmm. But infestation of ants, it could really just overpower your whole entire picnic. And that's what you're fighting against. One one money conversation, you know, or argument. Huh. Two arguments in marriage about money. Huh. But the fact that y'all handle money so differently that it's a constant butt of the heads. Yeah, now money arguments are starting to overpower your situation. It's starting to overpower your picnic of marriage. Entrepreneur, don't give up. Please don't give up. Go back to wherever you need to go back and get that and get that tenacity and that excitement again husband wife please don't give up it was a great idea then it's a great idea now please don't give up on your children don't just don't give up that's just that's what I want you to hear in this conversation do not give up please please you owe it to yourself to see this thing through you know, God came down and told Abraham, a year from now, you're going to have a son. God came down and told Mary, you know, through the archangel, hey, you're getting ready to have a son. His name is going to be Jesus. Like, God is not trying to hide the details from you. It's just maybe somewhere in giving you the details, it was lost in translation because the little nuances is taking over. It's overpowering, right? So I want you after this conversation to get off this phone and I want you to go back to where did I lose the instruction? When did the nuances become more powerful than the actual message of what I'm supposed to be doing? And then ask God, what is it, what is it that I'm missing? And I guarantee you he's going to tell you because he's not a God of hiding hidden messages when it's something that he wants you to do. He's just not. But I know that you got what you needed from this conversation. And I'm excited that God put it on my heart to talk to you about it because he's been dealing with me about it. And one thing I know in the spirit, when something is happening to one, trust and believe somebody else is experiencing the same exact thing or something similar to it. So you know these conversations are thought-provoking conversations. And if you feel like, man, I need a little bit more, that was good. It's okay. This conversation may end, but it can start with God. You can go ahead and continue right with God and say, okay, listen, that conversation just fired me up. Keep talking to me. What do I need? All I'm here to do is open up the door. God is going to go ahead and just flood you with whatever else you need, right? And so go ahead and get to it. Old-fashioned, you know, go get you a composition book, some loose-leaf paper, heck, a post-it note, whatever you need to do. Get a pen and start, okay, God, I'm here. I'm here now. What do I need? And get that thing on paper and then get it so embedded in your soul that it is, you are, it is unmovable. You are unstoppable. You see what I'm saying? Go ahead. You know what to do. I'm confident that you do. I'm confident. And as my good nanny says, all right, I ain't going to hold you. I'm going to go ahead and write my own list so that I can inspire myself. And then we're going, this was a great conversation. I'm going to go ahead and call you back. We're going to chop it up about something else later, all right?
Okay, you be good. <laughs> Later.